Welcome to the Christ Church Vienna podcast, gathering the theological and liturgical resources of Christ Church, the Anglican Church in Vienna, Austria. For more information about the ministry of Christ Church, visit us at ChristChurchVienna.org. You are listening to the Book of Common Prayer service from March 3rd, 2024. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Every three years, I'm reminded of Christoph Kislovsky's 1988 cinematic masterpiece based on the Ten Commandments, the Decalogue. Kislovsky was a Polish film director and screenwriter. Stanley Kubrick, the director of film classics such as Space Odyssey, Clockwork Orange, and Dr. Strangelove, said of the acclaimed Polish miniseries that it was the only film masterpiece he could think of. High praise indeed. And of course, I'm referencing Kislowski because of today's reading of the Ten Commandments, which has served as a guide for hundreds of millions of Jews and Christians for more than three millennia. Some track record. In time, they served Kislowski as the basis for his ten-part meditation, connecting them to present situations his present. The first of Kislovsky's ten one-hour cameos is a reflection on the first commandment, you shall have no other gods but me. And it has God speaking these words to Moses, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And it's this concept of house that I want to focus on a little with you this morning. Because Egypt, if you remember, was first a house of refuge. Then it was a house of prosperity. And in time, it became a house of slavery. And that imagery of house is useful to think about. A house can be a place in which we are imprisoned, but a house can be a place where we go in and out, giving us security, being a place of good exchange, being a place of warmth. And so what I invite you to think about in this time of Lent is which houses are you inhabiting and which houses might have become for you houses of slavery. And you need to always set that against your present, as Kislowski sent it against his present when he, in 1988, released his Decalogue. Which houses do you inhabit that are places of freedom? Which are houses you inhabit which are places of slavery? And I do think that image can help us to a deeper understanding. The law, staying with the metaphor, is also a house. But it's a house in which we believe the God of mercy and compassion the long-suffering God, is the landlord, and not a pharaoh who did not know Joseph, nor a system governed by the Politburo, or today leaders, sadly often not fit for purpose. And so we lament. 
Jesus states that his kingdom is not of this world. Once we know ourselves members of his kingdom, living in his house, there is a new freedom that seeks to live in that house. And an elemental part of that new freedom is not to undertake anything that diminishes the place of God in our lives, who makes a home in us. You shall have no other gods before me, or you shall set no other gods before me. In the first episode of Kozlowski's Decalogue, all episodes play on a Polish council estate. The three main persons in this first cameo are the father, his son Pavel, and Pavel's aunt, his father's sister. Pavel's father inhabits a house of humanity's making. It is the house of rationality, of mathematics, of measurement, of statistics, and where logic reigns supreme. Rationality is his God. The living God, which we profess, is not known to him or is dead. Pavel's father looks forward to a time when the computer will gain consciousness and develop individuality. The computer turns itself off and on mysteriously from time to time. Remember, Koslowski's Decalogue was released in 1988. The whereabouts of Pavel's mother is uncertain. Did she flee to the West? Did she die? Did she leave the family? Her absence is not explained. Father and son enjoy a loving relationship. They delight in each other's company. Pavel, too, enjoys the world of mathematics, computing, and has already written some computing codes. He wonders if the computer can dream and has questions about death and about God. Pavel's aunt, in contrast to her father, does believe in God and answers Pavel's questions about believing, saying, God is if you simply believe. Paul, Pavel, not satisfied, asks her another question in response, who is God? And his aunt replies by inviting him to come to her. She takes Pavel into a close and warm embrace and after a little while asks, what do you feel? Pavel answers, I feel love. She answers him, I do too. And God is also with us. The tragedy that marks Kislovsky's first meditation soon unfolds. Pavel has been given ice skates for Christmas. His father works out that the ice will hold by entering the data from the local meteorological station into the computer, thereby determining the thickness of the ice. Before going to bed, the father checks the ice and on returning home finds Pavel still awake and excited Pavel couldn't sleep because he knew his father would go check the ice for himself, trusting in his senses. And as the tragedy unfolds, what is evident to all in the council state takes a very long time for Pavel's father to grasp. His calculations, his rationality, his senses, based view will not allow. The ice did not hold. Throughout the episode, there is a mysterious figure sitting in front of a fire by the river. Is this the presence of God? 
as Paul's father finally grasps that he has lost his son. His sister, Pavel's aunt, comes to him and embracing him from behind while the assembled crowd fall on their knees as the corpses of the children are drawn out of the water. Pavel's aunt, after a longer embrace, also falls on her knees, leaving the father standing alone amongst this crowd of mourners who kneel before the mystery of life and before the living God. In his grief, the father goes to the temporary altar that has been erected in church that is being built on the council state and pushes it over in his rage and his grief. We see the icon of the Madonna with child weeping being a replica of the black Madonna of Chestakova. The last footage is of Pavel running towards the camera with a bunch of other children full of the joy of life, and therewith the cameo ends. And it was this image with which the cameo began. Life, a glorious gift, and yet so fragile. The episode, as you will have sensed, is deeply moving and troubling. Having watched it again, it has, of course, stayed with me. The houses we inhabit shape us. They can imprison us, or they can open us to the wonder and mystery of life. Our faith in God and Jesus Christ should always be freeing us from the houses of slavery of our own making. And we do need to be set free in a world set beset by ideologies more numerous than we care to admit to ourselves. The house of Pavel's aunt inhabits, the house of faith in the living God, can and should equip us for the darkest hours so that we can still go towards the other, still have faith. Pavel's aunt has no words of comfort, words often do not suffice, and is better to keep silent. Words in this hour would seem empty, but her love for her brother and her nephew is enough. Her love for her brother means that she can go towards him and embrace him with love, those words we've been exploring, philia and agape, And in this hour, he was devastated, can receive her love for him. He can be comforted despite his loss, which remembers also the aunt's loss. The moment of her loss, she who is without child does not look to herself, but to her brother. And now we remember Pavel's questions about God and the dialogue that ensued. What do you feel? I feel love, I do too, and God is also with us. Brothers and sisters, this is the house we inhabit. May we inhabit it well. Oh, may we inhabit it well for our comfort, for our freedom, for others, for the sake of the world, And for the sake of those, Lord, 
you have entrusted to us. In his name and for his sake. Amen.